The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by FunWise Capital. FunWise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals. Connect with FunWise to get the very best funding qualified for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less. There's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of product. Get started. It's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? for a fade out good morning folks monday monday december 12th 2022 thank you for being here i am trying to keep warm in here it's kind of cold out snow on the ground um i woke up this morning taking the trash out at 6 30 this morning in snow and cold not feeling well caught something weird over the weekend not it's not covid not the bubonic plague just a little something um my instinct as a grumpy bastard is just to be ungrateful and i have to force myself to be thankful for all the good things i have in my life and to be in a position where um i can take care of myself and so you know and my family and all that kind of stuff and so, you know, it's it's hard work sometimes to remember to be thankful. But you know what? There are people who don't have it so good. And I have to kind of constantly remind myself of that. I hope you had a great weekend. Um, this weekend, uh, Friday started for me um, with the band um, performance at a restaurant. And we were playing with a sub drummer who we know for years and years. I know him since I was a teenager. And he's a really smart guy. And he lives in his head. And he's a good drummer. He's a very good drummer. But he's a thinker. And he kind of wants to be rehearsed. He wants to play the parts right from, you know, bring charts, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not. I'm not that. And the band is not that. The band is extremely, um, I don't want to say jam band oriented. We we play loose. We play loose and fun. And so I got to the gig uh, and I said to him, I, I want you to get stoned with me. He was like, what? I haven't, I haven't smoked weed in 40 years. I said, well, you got it tonight. Said, I'll be stupid. I said, I know. That's the point. <laughs> I want you to be stupid. And he was he was reluctant to do it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out and get stoned. And I'm going to be stoned. And either you can ride along with me or you can ride against me. The choice is yours. But either way, I'm coming into this gig stoned. 
and I went outside and I was getting stoned. And the bass player, who also hasn't smoked weed in 40 years, he came out and he knew it was good weed. He could smell it. And he's like, damn. So I gave him a hit. And then uh, he was like, okay, I'm good. I was like, no, take another one. <laughs> and then I was standing behind the window where the drummer's still setting up. Happy! Come on out! Finally, he came out. And uh, I made him smoke a little. And I made, and when he got to the end of that one, I said, Here, that's not good enough. Light up another one. <laughs> and this is the really good, the... um. The baby teeters that are really, really powerful. I mean, they pack a punch, even to somebody who has been smoking for the last 40 years. Um, and then we started to play, and um, first song, it was fun, but we were loose. And um, at the end of the first song, Scott, the bass player just looked over, he said, you know, blame it on Matt. And so, but... Uh, I have to say, it worked. My plan, my devious plan worked because, um, devious. Peppy the drummer, oh, he was uh, far looser, far more into just the fun atmosphere, wasn't thinking, wasn't overthinking things, wasn't trying to, because he couldn't. He was, he was high and happy. Uh, we, we took a break and we don't normally take breaks, but we took a break and he said, I don't know if I could ever do that again. I said, yeah, you could. <laughs> if you play with us, it's kind of going to be, um, like expected. Like, I, you know what? I went many, many, uh, with this current band, I went 20 years without getting stoned on stage. And then I realized when it was getting old, and feeling like uh, I could do this in my sleep and bored. Getting a little bit high before a gig made it fun again. Now, I don't encourage young people who are serious musicians who are trying to do something with their music to get high while you're on stage. But if you reach my age, you're a, a uh, old goober, uh, and a lot of your gigs are essentially cover gigs, and you're sick of the music. You're bored with it. The same old songs in the same order and blah, blah, blah. A little buzz definitely helps. That's all I'm going to say. On that note, though, I have to quit smoking. I got to uh, make a transition to edibles, at least for a little while, because I have a lung problem. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm a wheezer. I'm an old wheezer geezer. I'm a geezer with a wheeze. I'm a... Uh, to the point where uh, I, the wheeze and undertones that come out of me make me think there's a conversation going on in the other room. I'm hearing, what, who's talking? Oh, that's my fucking chest making, um, when I breathe, making really weird sounds. Could be the onset of uh, lung cancer. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but I definitely, uh, you know, I got to take a break from the smoking. But that doesn't mean I'm going to quit getting high. I think it's time to transition to edibles for a little while. Now, edibles are not the exact same thing. Um, so, anyway. Uh, who's in the chat room? Well, I see Zach Wiseman. Good morning, Zach and William Conway and Carl Mann and Ted Nagurski. Um, so, yeah, uh I'm, I'm just starting with the last comment here. William says, I love that you're still peer pressuring people. Uh, yeah, peer pressure, uh, but it was even more uh, essential for the music. It, it, and I tried to convey the idea that the band is going to be better. You're going to enjoy the gig. It wasn't like a malicious thing. I want to see you fuck up or I want to... I'm, but I even said to him, I said, you know, your, your parents warned you 50 years ago, stay away from that Napo kid. He's a bad influence. This is what they meant. They didn't think it's in your 60s, uh, you would still be uh, under bad influence. But there it is. Uh, so I do have to quit smoking. But I am enjoying, I'm enjoying playing the music much more with a little buzz on it. 
especially um, when we are playing like jazz standard and the American songbook stuff that we play in restaurants. We're playing Girl from Ipanema. Now, I can really affect that up and make it like really fucking um, artsy <laughs> if I'm stoned. I can get into it. But if I'm totally straight, totally sober, not so much. There were periods of time in my life where I got completely sober. And I know people, My Billy Wayne Davis, had, he, he was talking about being sober. And I'm like, you're not sober. You mean you're not drinking? Because getting high is a form of non-sobriety. If you're smoking weed, you're not sober. That's a semantics, I guess. But so I use the word sober because uh, I've never, I've never really had a a drinking problem. Now I've drank to excess when I was younger and drank myself into a coma, but I didn't do it daily, and I, it wasn't a drinking problem. I wasn't like I got a drink today. Um, but when I quit smoking weed and stopped getting high it, it, first of all my early years i was always nervous when the bag started to run low when my bag of weed started to get low and i was i was definitely emotionally addicted to reefer and weed or whatever you want to call pot um grass <laughs> from the 60s uh emotionally addicted to it um i did not i was in fear of being sober i definitely was i had a i don't i did not want to have a single moment of my life um where i wasn't high because i couldn't cope and then i quit I, first time i quit i quit for like three years i was a mastering engineer and um just saw saw this was mastering a video uh audio for video and the message was all about how bad cannabis was for you and what it does to your body and all that kind of stuff and it scared me a little bit and i'm, I'm talking about my 20s some some point in my 20s and so i stopped i stopped i stopped cold turkey and uh i thought I thought I was doing something good. And, and then at some point we had a, uh, a studio session in my studio and a bunch of guys were getting high and I knew they had good weed. And after the studio session, I was cleaning up and in the ashtray there was this big fat roach of really good weed. And I just, mm, mm. and I picked it up and I smoked it. And I was back on the train for another seven or eight years. And then I quit for 10 years, 10 full years, and uh, started, you know, thinking, you know what, I'm going to produce, and I'm going to buy a new studio and start producing music, and I love being in the studio, Stone, it increases uh, creativity, it definitely does. And so I started full scale, back on the, on the weed again, and... Uh, then um, started getting some girlfriends who were not, they were against it. And so quit it for a short period of time. And when I met my wife, she was very anti-weed. And so I wasn't smoking then until like four years into our marriage. And then I said, you know what? I'm, I'm getting high. <laughs> and uh, so been back on it ever since. But I have this now. 60-year uh, lung issue where I need to kind of just take a break and and maybe find edibles, whatever whatever I can do to... I'm not giving it up because it does help me, especially when writing and producing music. I love being stoned. That's all I can say. Uh, what's going on in the world? World Cup's still going on. I believe another week. I'm getting a lot of... Um, entertainment out of watching American comedians um, talking about the World Cup and Europeans who really know about the World Cup um, coming back at them. It's kind of a mismatch in the sense that 
the American comedians, I'm not going to name them, uh, are professional insult. You know, they deal with hecklers all the time. So Twitter uh, and and Facebook comebacks, that's, that's their wheelhouse. They're going to win that argument. They're going to win a fight, even if they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And but the uh, Europeans who love the sport of soccer football <laughs> know the game and uh, make some really good points, but they still end up uh, being defeated in the arena of let's play rank out on uh, social media. No, not Erickson, Ted. <laughs> uh, how old am I? Uh, I? It gets confusing sometimes. I've been telling people I'm 64. I'm actually 63. I'm in my 64th year. I, I don't know. Somebody pointed out to me because they caught me saying on the show, somebody who's my age, saying I was 64. He said, you're 63. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm 63. Why am I telling people I'm 64? I'm in my 64th year. I don't know, and I'm. Uh, there's a psychological thing here too. I think by telling myself I'm 64, in the back of my mind, I think that makes me feel like I'm gonna make it to 64. <laughs> if that makes any ridiculous sense? I don't know. But to me, I, I I'm advancing myself by a year now. I am actually 63. I turned 63 in August. I'm in my 64th year, but uh, often you will hear me saying. I'm 64. Anyway, um, but I started smoking weed really young, if that's why you asked me that. I started smoking weed at like, I think nine. Not, I'm more like 11 when I was really into it, but I think I tried it when I was nine and occasionally did from like nine to 11. And then once I was 11, I was full bore uh, weed head. Anyway. But yeah, so the um, the World Cup stuff is uh, funny to watch. Now it goes on for another week. I don't, I don't follow it. I don't know who's still in it. I don't know. You know, is the USA even still in it? I don't know. Um, people still getting excited about it. I'm hearing people scream, uh, like at the restaurant the other night. People was, I guess, watching something on one of the TVs and they're screaming, reacting to it. Like fucking, I don't get it. I'm sorry. I know I am an old person, old geezer out of touch with whatever turns you on these days, but I don't get world cup soccer. I don't get the thrill of it. All that kind of stuff. Speaking of, um, Twitter and the arguments that go on there. Maybe it's my perception, but Twitter was a lot more fun. And I'm not just talking before Elon Musk bought it. I think Elon Musk has kind of really made a bad product much worse. I know he's promising to make it much better. Um, I don't see any of the comedians that I'm on there uh, looking for. I mean, I have to really work hard used to be all about fucking jokes, music, uh, you know, some pop culture references and all that kind of stuff. Now it's all, and some people might say it was, it's always been that way. You may be where you've been. I know there's been political uh, differences and people being like really ugly and mean to each other for quite some time. But it wasn't always that way. But the level uh, that it has reached now is off the charts insane. And I block everybody, I'm, or block or mute everybody who's getting into that kind of stuff, and new ones pop up. And I'm seeing all kinds of arguments that, you know, people arguing over the stupidest shit in, in politics and um, not just politics, but everything. And it just seems like, you know, Twitter used to be more fun. Uh, it used to be a better platform. And, you know, you could say that of all the social media stuff. Uh, they get ruined pretty quickly. But when I first got on Twitter in 2009, it was a fun little distraction from 
the stuff I was working on, go there for a few minutes, uh, have a few laughs, see what was going on, comment on stuff. And now every time I open it up, it's an invitation to aggravation. So I'm thinking about if, if it weren't for the marketing aspect of it, I would have been off yesterday. I, w- I was thinking about this. You know, it's time to just get the fuck off of there. But I'm going to try to stay on there just for the marketing stuff. Of course, when you go on there just to plug stuff, you're there. And then you see st- shit. And one of the things I saw yesterday, and I, I, was just, I wasn't looking for a fight. Somebody said we're talking about atheism. And they defined it as uh, the way you would define agnosticism. That's not atheists. Atheists are akin to Jehovah's Witnesses of non-believers, where agnostics are like, uh, you can't prove the existence of God or you can't prove the non-existence of God, so why give a fuck? And that's basically how they were describing atheism. I'm like, no, that's not atheism. Atheism is... There is no God, and if you believe there is God, you're an idiot, and I have to prove to you that there is no God because I know. Now, I'm not, you know, that's fine if that's your belief, but don't don't tell me that's, that's you know, not atheism. That is atheism. Agnosticism is, you know what, I don't know. I can't prove there is God. Nobody has ever proved there is God. Nobody ever will prove there is God. But you can't prove there's a negative either. It's possible, but I doubt it. That's the agnosticism. I highly doubt it. But I don't really care that much. doesn't really affect my day-to-day. That kind of thing. But all I said was, you you defined agnosticism, not atheism. And then, of course, like the Jehovah's, they were all over me. I'm the devil. (laughs) I'm the devil of non-devilness. I am the devil that doesn't exist. Whatever. But I was just, you know, I, you know, white conversation. It wasn't, you know, I don't give a fuck what you believe or don't believe. I really don't. But Twitter has gotten to be that. You can't even just make a simple comment without a deluge of people just jumping all over you. That's what I said. William, come on. That's exactly what I said. He says exactly agnostics give room for the possibility. Give room for the possibility, but don't don't really care that much. I don't know. Anyway, uh speaking of Twitter, and so I, I I'm trying to uh minimize my time and just use it for marketing. I guess I gotta close my eyes. Once I once I post Whatever I am promoting over there, just close my eyes and get the fuck off. Hit the hit the exit button, whatever it is. Uh, but don't be Musk. Now, people are are saying that Musk. It's ridiculous. They're they're saying he's like a um, an op, an operative for uh, Russia or China trying to bring down the West. I think that's a a stretch to be honest with you <laughs> i think he's a dick i think he's a. um this is what happens when revenge of the nerds goes too fucking far he's got all his fucking money he's got no fucking talent for anything he's lucky and i know people that sounds that sounds just like, you know, sour grapes. Like, uh, I'm jealous of him. And But no, um, he's got all this money. You know, we've talked about this a lot on my evening program with a lot of people in the financial industry and people who have uh, historians about wealth. You can get lucky. And he did get lucky. I mean, first of all, he got lucky being born to the son of a uh, ruby mine owner, right? Uh, and then he got lucky with uh, being in the right place with, at the right time with the PayPal stuff. He made some lucky investments, but he does not in any way reflect business genius. Twitter was making $5 billion a year, profiting $5 billion a year when he took over. According to him, it's losing money. That's not a genius. A genius doesn't spend $44 billion on a profitable business 
and turn it into a non-profitable business overnight. But getting on stage with Dave Chappelle, I know really good comedians that that would be a mistake for, uh, to, to try to get on stage with Dave Chappelle and try to be funny. Polished people who've worked for the craft of comedy would have a tough time filling the shoes of getting on stage with Dave Chappelle. Elon Musk, with his brass balls and his nerdy fucking good luck streak that he thinks he's on and unbeatable or whatever he thinks, thinks he's actually funny or talented, had the chutzpah. Well, look at me. Am I Jewish? He had the chutzpah to get on stage with Dave Chappelle and got booed. And I don't think he took any humility from that moment at all. No humility, no no self-reflection saying, you know what, if I really want to be a comedian, maybe I should start at the bottom where comedians start. Maybe I should earn my respect the way people earn their respect in life. Maybe I should put pay my dues instead of just having a silver spoon and owning the ball and saying, uh, if you don't like it, I'm taking my ball and going home. Maybe I should actually put in the work to get some respect. Now, it, that would be difficult in his position because everybody knows him. He'd have to do it. He'd have to like do it in a mask. And but that's the way. If he seriously wants to be a comedian, and, and listen, uh, some people are born with talent, but I don't think you need talent to make it in any endeavor. I'm a good example of that. Now, make it. What does make it mean? I mean, make a living out of it. In music, I was born with absolutely no talent, but I made a, a good living out of it for many, many, many years, and still when the living that I make from just my music would would be enough for a lot of people. And I don't say that as bragging. I'm just, you know, without any talent, without any born talent. So I don't think, even in comedy, I don't think you necessarily need talent. I know lots of comedians who are professional comedians making a living at it. And in a room, they're not, the, you know, they're not the funniest person in the room. They don't make their friends laugh. They don't make... They don't make everybody laugh all the time. They're just not the life of the party. There are people who are funnier in social situations than them all the time. So, you know, that talent for being funny is a side. And now you can be very talented and be a a professional comedian. I'm not saying it, it hurts, but it's not part of the craft. The craft itself, the craft of putting together a stage show that makes people laugh and keeps people entertained can be learned. Oh, John uh, Lockin will be on Friday morning. You want to check that out. It's John owns a comedy carousel. Uh, he's a stand-up comedian. Um, but for you folks that are um, looking to figure out the roadmap to producing tours and things like that, John could probably be a really uh, good source of information on that. So he'll be with me on Friday, so check that out. But back to Musk thing, man. He just, he's so used to getting things without working for them that comedy is his next conquest, and he thinks people are just going to love him. He got booed, booed badly. And um, not going to take any lessons from that at all. So how do you define awkward? I'm going to talk about this. Uh, for me, yesterday I, uh, I had a show at a nursing home. And I started the show with the Beatles, a little help from my friends. What would you do if I sang at a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? And as I, the words stand up and walk out on me, were hitting me, I looked up and I realized nobody, nobody in the audience, not one person, had any legs. 
No, that's not exactly true. One guy, one guy had half a leg down to his knee where it was cut off and it was not in any clothing or anything. It was just hanging out there. And instead of just ending at the knee, it had like a little round ball of flesh hanging off of it like a sausage, but a round little spherical sausage hanging off of his non-knee where his knee used to be. And so I'm already feeling really fucking bad about would you stand up and walk out on me to a room full of people who have no fucking legs? I'm sorry. And the guy's right up front with this little sausage knee. (laughs) And the sausage knee starts bopping on its own. Like it's got a mind of its own. It's bopping to the song. And I'm like, uh, now, that made me uncomfortable. I'm already uncomfortable and feeling awkward that I, you know, stand up and walk out on me to a room full of people with no legs. But then the, the little knee starts bopping, the little sausage knee, to the music. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking hysterical. But that's rude. That's wrong to think that's fucking funny. You don't want to laugh. And the more I think I'm, I don't want to laugh, the more I want to fucking laugh. And I'm playing songs and I'm not, I'm losing track of words I'm singing because all I'm thinking is don't laugh, don't laugh. And finally I fucking bursted out laughing in, in an inappropriate way. And people looking at in the rooms looking at me like, what's so funny? Like, what, what's he looking at? And I'm not looking at the bopping knee, sausage knee. I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at the walls. I'm trying not to make eye contact with anybody in the audience now. Show went well. They all thanked me. They all said they had a great time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it was a very <clears throat> uncomfortable <laughs> moment for me. Um, so, yeah, um, that was my day yesterday. Now, sometime over the weekend, I hate banks, and, and I don't want to go to the bank. And there should be a no no reason for anybody to have to go to banks anymore. Most of the clients I deal with, most of the businesses I deal with, pay me by direct deposit. A lot of the music stuff pays you cash. Shh, I didn't say that. Uh, they play by direct deposit as well. <laughs> I hate going to the bank, but I got a check. Somebody mailed me a check. A sponsor mailed me a check. And so I went to deposit in the bank, and the bank was closed. So the ATM, and there's a little booth there, and there's a guy in the ATM booth, and it's fucking cold out, and I'm standing. I don't want to go in and be like stand in the booth with the guy like the guy and make him nervous and think like I might rob him or looking for his pin number or anything. But so I'm standing outside of the thing. And he's there, and he's pushing buttons. And five minutes go by, and no money's coming out. No money's going in. Nothing. He's just sitting there pushing buttons. And I'm getting impatient. And so right around the corner from there, there's a drive-up window, which is an ATM. And there's no cars there. So I just walk over to that thing. And I'm just going to deposit my check. And I started doing that, and the machine did not read the check immediately, which I've had done at ATMs before, and it's annoying. Uh, didn't read the check, they return it, and then you got to flip it around, put it in the other way. And so that happened twice. Now, uh, it's it's getting, I'm out there for a few minutes. The guy's still in the booth there. And so I said, I'm going to try this one more time with the check, and if not, I'll go in the booth. And so I put the thing, the check in there, and all of a sudden, a woman in a van pull, comes pulling up to the ATM drive-up window, and she's speeding. Wow, that was weird. I lost you, folks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we had an outage here. Streamyard just said, oh, something went wrong. Whoa, what was that all about? 
We're having electrical stuff. We got snow going on. Who knows? No, I'm not dead. Thank you, Carl. You're always thinking for the positive stuff. So the woman almost hit me at the ATM. And, and, and No, she didn't hit me. Uh, she almost hit me. And then I'm standing there, and I looked at her like, what the fuck? And then I'm standing there putting the check in, and she got, revs the car. And she comes back, and like she's going to hit me again. And I looked at her. I was like, is there a problem here? She goes, you're at a drive drive through I was like, yeah. And there was nobody here, and there's a guy in there. I thought I would just come over here. It's a drive through I said, there's no thing that says drive through only. There's no thing that says no walk-ups accepted. And she's getting angry, and she's getting pissed, and she's rubbing the car again. Like I'm like, you're going to make me wait. You're going to make this longer than it had to be. So, and I start try to reason with her. I said, listen, if I would have gotten my car before you were here, which I was here long before you were here, I could have pulled over here, and you'd be waiting for me anyway, except I'd be in my van. That didn't make her happy. So see, now I finally get my money. Uh, I, the check goes in the, in the thing, and it's deposited, and I'm walking away, and she's not pulling up now, and I walk right past her window, and I just looked at her, and I said, Merry Christmas, <laughs> and I walked away, and I got my van, and I know she still hadn't pulled up to the window, still hadn't pulled up to the fucking window, so she's there, she's ready to fucking run me over to get in the way. And then when I leave, she's still there. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then I see why she called 911 and a cop who was in the neighborhood pulls up and he gets out and he's going to talk to her. And I hopped out of my van and went over to the cop. And I, I pulled my license out and I handed him, I went to hand him my license. He didn't want to take it. I said, I'm the guy she just called you about. There's a camera right there. You can see exactly what went down. She threatened to run me over for for using that atm there because i wasn't in my car and i said so and she's misusing uh the 911 services he said you can go and then i i <laughs> i i pulled away and i just saw him like he was like animated at her like, like what the fuck now i want to get the opinions <clears throat> of the chat room on this am i is there something completely abnormal or unethical about walking up to a drive through window when somebody is in the indoor ATM and, and hogging it up? Is there something wrong with that? Am I missing something here that anything that would justify, especially running somebody over and killing them for making you wait at an ATM where you would have had to wait for them in their car anyway? Is it just me? Well, that's what I want to know. Yeah, and that's so weird that what, what StreamYard just did to me there. It's very fucking weird. Anyway, so that was my weekend. I hope you had a great weekend yourself. Um, and <laughs> you know what? My weekend, I wouldn't classify it as bad. I have a, I don't know. Mondays are always always a low energy thing for me, trying to get back into it, they always were, even when I was just doing podcasts all day long during COVID. Mondays were especially tough for me. Uh, what is Carl saying? You became the same level of nuisance as the first guy was to you, but the lady should hit a tree at Christmas. <laughs> no, I I understand I was uh, making her wait, but I would have been making her wait in the car anyway. And yeah, nobody likes to wait. And no, to be honest with you, um, and not to get defensive here, but the guy was still in the fucking booth doing nothing when I left. That's how long he was there. And I wasn't there for any, any amount of time like he was there. Uh, he was there for a good five or ten minutes before I got there, before uh, I, I walked around, while I was standing outside waiting before I got to the AT, outdoor ATM. But yeah, I know. You know, she's impatient. I get that. I get her impatience with me. Sometimes you, you know, you just sit in your car and you grumble about it. You don't fucking <laughs> threaten to kill somebody over it. Anyway, the thought went through my mind as I was walking past her window because she looked at me kind of like, "Uh oh." 
And all I said was Merry Christmas to her. But thank God, or whatever you don't believe in, that that didn't happen to the younger me. Because I could see 20-year-old me punching her window and, and then dragging her out of the car and beating her up and then realizing I just beat a woman up. I'm in trouble. Might as well kill her. I could see 20 year old me doing that. I really could. Um, <laughs> that That's actually, you know, how I live most of my life. Not that I would have intended to kill her, but I would have acted in rage in the moment, done something really horrific, and then think, how do, how do I get out of this? Well, I might as well kill her. She's just going to report me now. <laughs> that would have been what would have happened. And it would have been the worst possible uh, outcome of that situation. Thank God it did not happen to 20-year-old me. Uh, and if she's dead, why not cop? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't uh, in any way attractive. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say <laughs> like I'm gonna cap a cap a feel of a dead woman if she's attractive. Um, but no. <laughs> um, thanks for making me laugh, Carl. And then call the police. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, what is Kevin saying? Just remember, you never know what's going on in someone else's head, and try to figure it out with a relatively normal brain. It always isn't easy uh yeah no I, no i understand exactly what was going on in her head she was feeling and calls right she's feeling the same thing that i'm feeling watching that douchebag in the atm just pushing buttons like and it's cold outside but she's in her warm car and i've been impatient i understand impatience as well as anybody but I never uh, would just, like, threaten to run somebody down and then call the cops when I know I'm in the wrong. She had to know she was in the wrong there. Again, there's no sign that says drive through only. I'm sure I'm not the only person who ever walked up to that because it's, it's in a vast parking lot that's, you know, empty. Not a lot of business is going on there. It's the same parking lot where, uh, if you know that video, uh, the kind of guy I am where the boulder falls on my head, that's exactly the spot I was in. <laughs> anyway, um, it's just, it's it's weird. No, um, what She might have had a very, very bad day, but that she just made it worse on herself. And I'm sure... It was worse even after I left because that cop was not happy. And, you know, there's a fucking video camera right there. All the evidence you need. Just look at it. She fucking came within an inch of hitting me. I swear. I'm, and, and then revved it up and, like, came within an inch of hitting me. Over waiting a few seconds to either use the ATM, get cash out, or make a deposit or whatever. I don't know. So, anyway, good morning. What do, what do you got? Uh, well, you guys are talking about uh, necrophilia here, over here. Now do you get my comment? What comment? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, and then call the police? That one? Uh, that's what you were talking about? I thought, See, some of them, it's hard to keep context on the comments in the chat room because they come in willy-nilly they're not like in any kind of real order so yeah uh what is this he was paying in a hundred dollar checks for the homeless terror now i don't get what see some of these i don't i have to go back in my mind as someone without a car i deal with that a lot more see now that was what i was thinking was she thinking she's thinking she's better than me somehow because She's thinking, I oh look at this guy. He can't even afford a car. He's he's not even worth life. So I should run him over. This is what I'm thinking. She was like, 
she had it in her mind that she's somehow better than me because I don't have a car. And I think she was probably surprised to see that I walked over and got in a car. Yeah. Anyway. Crazy weekend. Crazy, crazy weekend. Not uh, not all that um, different than most weekends, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that is what it is. Anyway, what what else is going on in the world? What's happening? What do you guys got planned for this week for the Christmas season? Uh, we have Christmas parties coming up this week. I'm not going. I'm I'm against it. You know, Groucho Mark song, and I've been saying ever since I first commenced it. I'm against it. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Christmas parties. I don't even know what to say about it. most people who are planning these parties are not religious in any sense, don't really care about the religion. Christmas, even for Christians, is not the holiest day on the calendar, and it is an adaptation of a pagan uh, holiday. Some real Christians know that, uh, and others don't care. Um, but so it's not about anything but an excuse to have a party and give get presents and give presents and all that kind of stuff. It it's just it feels so empty to me. It feels so uh, void of any real meaning. And and so let, let's all get together. And be phony. Let's go be nice to people we know we don't like. And they know we don't like. Let's just be nice to each other fakely for an evening. Let's participate in the um, secret Santa. What the fuck is the secret Santa? I'm buying a present for somebody I don't know. I don't know who it's going to. Putting it in a bag. Waiting for mine. Oh, what am I going to get? What did I get? It just fucking feels stupid to me. And maybe I know I'm I'm the exception here. A lot of people just love uh, office parties. They love uh, the free booze, the free food, the free you know stuff you get. Uh, I I don't get it. And I'm not asking anybody to explain it to me, but I'm not going. But I know my not going puts me on the outs with some people. They, you know, why don't you go? Why don't you participate? Why don't you participate in what everybody else is doing? Because it feels weird to me. It feels like phony, like put on. I hate phoniness. I hate being fake. I hate fake people. I'm saying hate too much. Uh, good thing Mike Zinn's not here, because he would he would sing Kumbaya at me for saying hate three times in a minute. Anyway, um, book. Yeah, no, I don't. I will play your Christmas party. I played a Christmas party yesterday for the, the legless audience. <laughs> no, they had one leg. <laughs> they did have a leg, but not to stand on. It was kind of. Sausage, Um, but a room had one leg, half a leg to not stand on. Anyway, no, I will play your Christmas party. I'm playing Christmas parties. Um, Now, this is a leads me to another uh, gripe. Are you ready for another gripe? (laughs) I want more coffee. I'm griping here. It's it's Monday morning gripes with with my dog. I'm surprised nobody is popping in to talk with me, but I'm not, I'm not I'm not judgmental about that. I'm just surprised nobody has to stop me and say, "What the fuck are you saying?" Um, so New Year's, New Year's Eve, uh, but don't have a, a Christmas sausage leg. <laughs> um, New Year's Eve for the last nine years consecutively. Mikey and I have done a duo show at uh, a local restaurant. Guy who used to own all the top venues uh, that we played at. 
who got in trouble with the law and had to give them all up, but he still had his own private restaurant. And we play there New Year's Eve for the last nine years in a row. We play the ball drop show. Not that my balls drop, but that, you know, we count down and uh, sing all Lang Syne and all that stuff. The midnight, the end show that ends at midnight and basically we'll like the Lawrence Welk. That's a reference that none of you younger people would even know what the fuck that means. Uh, but so we we were, and last year for the first time, there was an opening act. A, a, a Brother Dave, who's been on this program, was the opening act. And he was there from 5 to 8.30, and then we started at 8.30. And it was a little weird, like, and because we weren't used to having an opening act. And Dave contacted me before, and he didn't know me at the time. And he asked uh, uh, what songs we were going to play. Uh, because he was opening for me, and, and to, that caught me by surprise. And he said he didn't want to repeat any of the songs that we did. And I said to him, I'm not telling you what songs we're, we're playing. I don't know. I don't want to have to think about it before I get there that night. I, there's no reason. And if anybody asks me to, I'll just cancel the gig. <laughs> that was my uh, dick reply to him. I was being a dick to him on purpose. Anyway, we did the show. Dave turned out to be a fucking great guy. He sat in with us, and it was a fun show. Now, this year, the owner of the venue, again, we've played there nine years in a row, big packed crowd, everybody comes to see us. He decides he wants to have a full band do the late show and have us open up. Now, he didn't say our band, which he knows our band would fucking pack that place out and be great there. It's another band that has a girl singer up front that he thinks he can get laid by. So he squeezed us to 5.30 to 8 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Now, who the fuck... I, I and I'm telling Mikey, I'd rather not do the gig. I don't, you know, I no hard feelings, but I don't want to be out at five thirty to eight o'clock on New Year's Eve. Nobody's out at that time except on the roads. There are a lot of fucking frantically driving, drunk idiots. People coming from the office, drunk. They came from an office New Year's party. They're already drunk. They're going to get home to try to take a shower and and sober up so they uh, can go to their evening party and get fucked up. The crazy people are on the road. Nobody is out at a restaurant on New Year's Eve, 530 to 8 o'clock or 530 to 830, whatever the fuck we're playing. It's going to be an empty gig. And so it ends up just being for the money. And I'm not in it for the money. I want to have some fun. I will get stoned. But I'm not happy about it. And, like, I feel like what, what there was a uh, a Seinfeld episode. And I never watched all that much of it, so it, it's kind of foggy by memory. But some girl would not allow one of, one of whether it was George or Jerry, to break up with her. Every time they try, I'm, I'm breaking up with no, you know, okay. And so I'm trying to quit the gig. I'm trying to say, no, I'm not showing up. And nobody is taking, nobody is accepting my quitting. I'm not, I'm not doing the gig. No, you have to do the gig. Okay. No, I don't, I'm not doing the gig. Well, we have to do the gig. Why? Why do we have to do the gig? Nobody's going to miss us because nobody's going to be there. What's the point in it? I'm sure there's somebody who would love that gig. Somebody who hasn't played a gig in a long time who would kill for this gig. I want out of it, and they're not letting me out of it. I could just not show up. I could just not go. That wouldn't look good on me. That would be, that would be really bad for my reputation. Oh, I just, what a dick. He just doesn't show up. Anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> See, I told you I got to quit smoking. Anyway, I'll be uh, I'll be looking. I'll be investigating the edible thing to take care of this lung situation. Could be lung cancer. Hey, listen, if it's lung cancer, it's just the start of lung cancer. Now, that could go a lot of ways. Sometimes lung cancer goes really quick like that. Sometimes it takes years and years and years to kill people. I don't know. 
Is this lung cancer? You you tell me. You're the you're the doctors. I don't think it's lung cancer. I think I just need to give up, uh, quit smoking for a week or so, till the wheeze goes away. Can you hear the wheeze? <sighs> no, you can't hear the wheeze. Anyway, uh, Kevin says he's hiding in his office one morning. Now today, why are you hiding? What's going on? Uh, if you if you pay, play my party for legless humans, I'll request the win. Uh, oh, because against the wind. Still running against the wind? Yeah, I do that one. Um, yeah, that's not as offensive as, uh, to them as would you stand up and walk out on me. <laughs> I don't think so, anyway. And listen, as to I'm delivering the line, I'm looking out and there's a bunch of blank faces looking at me. And I don't know if they're mad or they're upset or it even bothers them at all. But I'm just imagining in my head, they're thinking, what a dick. No, I didn't. It didn't occur to me before I started playing to look around the room to see if anybody, if everybody has legs. It was only after I delivered the very first line that I looked around and said, oh, that's weird. And that's not the first time this has happened, by the way. I forgot to mention that. I played the same exact scenario, but it was for only four people, four women. None of them had any legs. And I played the same song. It was about three years ago. It was before COVID. But they were not only did they have no legs, they were all unconscious. So that didn't matter. Uh, and I, I did laugh at the absurdity of that moment. I played that and I came out with, uh, what would you do if I uh, you know, sang out a tune, would you stand up and walk out of me and realize that four ladies, just four of them showed up in the room. And But they all had no legs, but they were all completely drugged out, unconscious. So I'm playing for people with no legs, and no consciousness. Uh, well, it's, it's not the Beatles. It, the Beatles were fine. If I could have played any other Beatles song, but stand up and walk out on me, you know, could have played Walk, Don't Run. I could have played, um, I don't know, Stand Up, Baby, Stand Up. Um Oh, no, that's hands up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it all sounds the same after a while. Anyway, so that was it. Uh, that's the weekend. That's uh, my recap of the weekend. Um, I don't really have a lot more to say. I do have some things to take care of today. Again, I start where I, I um, I'll finish where I started today. It's hard for me to remember to be grateful. And after all the things I talked about this morning, I should be grateful. I really need to be thankful that I have these opportunities and this, uh, the life that I have. And not, it's not like the life of Riley. It's not, it's not a perfect life. But there are people who woke up today in the snow on Long Island in the cold weather some of them don't have homes. Some of them don't have shelter. Some of them don't have food or even warm clothes to put on. It's hard to remember those things when you're just feeling down about your own situation. But considering that kind of lifts you up about your own situation. So uh, what is Carl saying? Change it to roll out, roll out on me. Uh, play jump by VH. Um, why why book a known player for toe tapping music at <laughs> for the legless? They didn't book it for the legless. <laughs> it wasn't uh, a legless show. It was a show at a nursing home, but you never know because it's a big facility. You never know who's going to come down, especially on a Sunday afternoon. So. It, it's not mandatory. So there were probably 30 people in the room and none of them happened to have legs. There were plenty of people with legs in the facility. They just didn't show up for the show. So nobody, book, nobody booked uh, 
a legless show. <laughs> a legless show. Uh, uh, it's just that's a funny concept. Yeah, no legs show. Well, we'll be having a no legs show December 11th on Sunday, December 11th at 2 30 in the big ballroom. Uh, nobody with legs allowed. Nobody gonna come sing to you when it's your turn in the home. No, I know that. I know nobody's gonna be feeding me jello. Nobody, w- that's why I married a nurse. Hopefully, there'll be one person there taking care of me. When when my time comes, anyway. Thanks for the good wishes. Hey Tom, good to see you here. Thank you for for the uh, kind words there. Anybody can have Tom. I'm just going through these before I say goodbye to you guys. Anybody? Uh, this is Kevin saying anybody can have topless parties. Only uh, OGs have legless parties. <laughs> legless means something else in the UK. What is uh, what? Tell me. Clue me in. Clue me in. I don't know, Ted. Don't make, don't leave me here feeling stupid. Uh, should have asked them for a favorite character from Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's like all this. I, uh, come on, I gotta wait for Ted to give me an answer. What is like? I'll come over to check your wallet. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, what does legless mean in the UK? Before I sign off, please, please clue me in. Um, do I have to go over to brand here? No, I can't go over to brand and legless means drunk. Oh, oh, well, I played a lot of those shows <laughs> uh, for a lot of legless people. Anyway, that's the show for today. Thanks for coming. Uh, calls coming over to check my wallet. Got a long trip. Uh, uh, but I guess I'll see you tomorrow tonight. I, I do have three shows this week with authors. I wish I did. I really wish I didn't, but I think uh, my guest tonight, here's a weird thing about my guest tonight. Maybe you want to show up for this one. This is another guy who believes God is in everything, God is in everyone, and all that kind of stuff. Now, here's where it gets weird. He's an author who was booked on the show by a publicist, one of of the publicists I worked with over a year ago, and he was a no-show. And he had a different book out at the time, but it was uh, spiritual stuff. And then, as yesterday, I was uh, preparing the slots for uh, StreamYard. I said, that name sounds familiar. And I just looked him up, and sure enough, he was booked under another publicist a year ago. This, for tonight's show, completely different publicist. I don't even think he made the connection that he was a no-show for me a year. So I'm going to have to be... Just start out just a little on the root side. You remember when you, God is in everything? Well, why did the God in you fuck me last year? (laughs) And why did you have to change publicists? Um, But then he's going to prove to me, like not like Dave, Brother Dave did, uh, not Brother Dave, but Dave the Prophet, uh, try to prove to me that God is, God exists and he's in everything and he's, Lovey dovey love. Uh, Mike, Mike Zinn, Mike Zinn, Mike Zinn, everything love, 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 kumbaya, kumbaya. Positive, positive, positive. Yeah, God exists in that woman who tried to run me over, didn't it? Anyway, that's the show for today. Thanks for coming. Uh, I'm going to go get legless. <laughs> Thanks for cluing me in on that, Ted. Uh, have a great day. See you tomorrow. Turn on your radio.
to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.